Hi, this is Lilo Thomas, and you're watching Take It Out on the Bruise, right here, with me, and down. Hey, what's up, y'all? This is Daryl, and I'd like to welcome you to Take It Out on the Groove, episode 110. For on this episode, we have the one, the only, Mr. Lilo Thomas joining us. Now, I am so happy for this because Lilo Thomas is an artist that I always have loved his music, but I didn't know a lot about. And I am so happy that we finally had the opportunity to make this happen. He's been very high on my list of artists to interview since 2011, boys and girls. Um, we came very close in 2015, 2016-ish, when I first made contact. But at that time, we didn't make it happen. But guess what? We're making it happen right now. So uh, all of that is water under the bridge. And we had a great time doing this interview. We talked about um, the push from his record label or lack of. We also discussed singles that I connected with. Um, he even told me one of the singles I really, really connect with. He thinks that people are slightly off because of how he was feeling during that time when he wrote it. You have to wait to find out. And I have been called off the time to in my life, so I think I can relate. <laughs> I want you guys to please support Mr. Thomas and support all R&B artists right now. We're having this conversation that is R&B dead, who killed it, whoopie wop. Listen, it's not going anywhere as long as we have shows like this and many others that push the music. Um, that really pushed this culture forward. Um, I do this show to make sure that the next generation gets these and, and they get them in a fun sort of way, not a stuffy way, not a just, my name is Mr. 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 No, no, no. We're going to have fun. We're going to have a, a, a conversation. And that's what I want you to get on every episode. LiloThomas.com is the place that you can find everything about Mr. Lilo Thomas. That includes his TikTok his Instagram, his Facebook, and even his new singles, including the one getting ready to drop on September the 2nd called Truth Be Told. <laughs> Makes you wonder. Yeah, I need to be put on that promo list, Mr. Thomas. <laughs> Please support my guy. He's a good guy, and, and, and he's one of those people in R&B that we all should know. We know his vocals. We know his style. But now let's get to know the person. Also, I humbly ask that everybody watching this video or listening on any platform, please like, comment, subscribe, give five stars or wherever, wherever you are, please support it, man. Apple, YouTube, Instagram, Spotify, uh, SoundCloud, share it, do whatever, y'all. Please, let's get this message out. We're keeping the R&B culture moving forward. I'm very strong on promoting and pushing my people and keeping this going forward because at the end of the day, um, I want all our artists to feel appreciated and loved. I don't just have these records just to say, oh, I have a, a, a nice record collection. I have these records to share, to share, to share. And that's what they might be taping is all about. So please do that. Thank you very much. Daryl.live. You can find out everything about me there. And hey, man, I've done enough yammering. Now it's time to start the show. All right. <laughs> You're listening to Take It Out on the Groove with Daryl Ashurst. I tell you guys each and every time that we turn on this microphone, expect magic to happen. Right now, the magic that you're going to get is someone that I've been wanting to interview for a very long time. This 
is Mr. Lilo Thomas. How you doing, sir? Hey, Dow. I'm doing. I'm doing great, man. Glad to be here. <laughs> We've been very festive before we even got started. Like we had cracked a <laughs> few jokes and exchanged a laugh or two. But man, this is an honor for me. Um, as I spoke with you very briefly, mm -hmm. um, you are someone that um will complete the trifecta. I always wanted to interview Kashif, Paul uh -huh. Lawrence, and yourself. There are a couple of little wild cards in and out of that, but you have completed this trifecta. So first and foremost, thank you so thank much. Thank you. Wow, that's great. I'm yes. glad I was yeah. a piece of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, I remember it was, um, I, God, I, wanted, I can't remember the actual year, but I know you were on tour with uh, Jody Watley and, and The System. And I want to say Steve Arrington might have been on that tour. No, not um, Steve Arrington, just uh, Jody Watley and... Uh, and the system. And the system, yeah. Okay. reason why I said Steve Arrington, because I interviewed Steve Arrington around that time, so it was all around that right. same period. I'd like to do something with, with Steve Arrington. I like Okay. Work. I will reach out to his wife for you. We'll, we'll <laughs> see what we can do for that, because I know you're still recording, and yeah. we have to talk. We want to start off the show talking about your album, Slow Jam. Tell me about that. Oh, yeah. Slow Jam... Yes. Uh, I, I put slow jams together to basically get reconnected with you know uh, the people that listen to my music. Yeah, you know I I it, it went on a, like a whole plan to just say okay this is the stuff that I'm doing because people got me mixed up with everybody. Yeah, I don't know why because I think when it was when I was out I wasn't very visual. I didn't I didn't I didn't really get out and 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 get into the public. I was touring a lot, but not really doing like a lot of interviews or just letting people get familiar with who was the guy singing these songs. And I figured this time, after I took a break and got back into it, I just wanted to let people know, this is the stuff, this is me, and and that's it. Now, it's funny that you, you, you talk about um not doing many interviews because I remember even back, God, this had to be 2016 ish, 2016, I want to say. Um, I couldn't find many interviews of you at that time, um, right. especially back during that period. I think I might have saw one BLS interview with you and D Train, which was very entertaining. I love Oh, yeah, that, that was great. Uh <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't see much of you. And what no. was the reason for that? Were you just a recluse or like, tell me about that? Yeah, I, it, I don't. I just, I just stayed busy doing other things. I, you know, I was recording a lot. I was doing stuff for other people, and I, I just did do interviews. I did things. I did Soul Train. I did an interview with Don Cadiz. That's, right. That's right. And you know, but other than that, I, I just, I was, I didn't get any like the the Billboard stuff or anything like that or. You know, I did. I did do an interview. I think for remember, there was a magazine, uh, Right On magazine. I think mm -hmm. I did an interview for them. But um, and, and Black Beat, there was a small magazines that was out here. Come on, somebody! Those were my magazines <laughs> yeah. growing up. Boy, that's how I learned everything about you guys. Right On, Black yes. Beat, Ebony and Jet. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's just what it was. You know, I just you know, I was I was very picky about you know being out and and. Cause I, I feel that I'm I'm kind of offbeat in a way. Oh wow! <laughs> and um, I, I I just shied away from a lot of one on one with people. Hmm. 
it was good when I got on stage, you know, but just sit, talking to people, I was, I was, I always felt very awkward and clumsy about that. You know, it's it's interesting that you say that because you just brought up the um, Don Cornelius Soul Train interview. And I mean, that's where I found out about the Olympics about you, because I remember he said, you know, he spoke on that. Yeah. But I remember doing that interview when you performed, you were one person. But when you got with Mr. Cornelius, like I could you could kind of tell like you were kind of shy. Like that really yeah, wasn't yeah. your thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm doing this because I'm I'm just doing this song, get fined. But you were, <laughs> but you were up there getting down when you were then you uh, what what song did you you sing sexy girl up there? What song did I, I did um Good girl. And, Good girl. Uh, I think I did. Your love's got a hold on me. You did. That's the one. And, Your and love's holding got on. Yeah. Hold on me. That was yeah. the one. That was the one. That was the one I can remember more than anything. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. You know, it's it's. It, we jumped ahead a little bit, but it's one thing I always noticed in your voice. You grew up a preacher's kid, didn't you? Oh yeah. You had that. You have church chops. Yeah. And um, what I say. To a lot of artists today that you know when we speak i think r&b music today i think that's what's missing they lack that part of the r&b i think every we we just got into a discussion I'll, I'll, I'll bring you into it we just got into a discussion the other day um um based off of something that p diddy or puffy or love or whatever he wants to call himself today <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was saying that r&b is dead um okay. What are your thoughts on that? I I think they're trying to kill it, but I don't think you could you could get rid of it. I agree. It it, it may have um, gone a little more underground. Yeah. I think I think you know they, because they they're taking away all about uh, R and B radio stations. It's making it really hard to 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 get your music out. But um, I don't think you can totally get rid of it. I, you know, I think. What Diddy said was who who killed R and B or something That's like right. that. I think he and, did. Um, I I don't think it's dead yet. It may be a little wounded, but I I don't think it's dead yet. I don't think it's dead either, Mister Thomas. I think a lot of, I think a lot of times they're using other names to describe R and B music. Um, yeah. it, it's like a lot of people. There is a there's been a resurgence in playing songs. In your music, things that yeah. you recorded, things, um, Paul Lawrence, um, Kashif, Melba Moore, Freddie yeah. Jackson. Um, within the last, I would say, 12 years, there's yeah. been a strong resurgence of vinyl being played out and about here and there. Mm -hmm. And in doing so, that, in my opinion, that keeps R&B alive. Um, that's yeah. not only done here in the States, it's done overseas. But yeah. we also... You guys weren't afraid to be yourselves. You guys weren't afraid to be different. I think when the sound sounds so much the same, if yeah. I'm chasing what you what you did and you're recording right now, it's like there's no sense of individualism right now. Exactly. It's like we're all chasing radio hits. Yeah, that's that's um that's the the record industry. That's right. They that's their mentality. They figure, well, if somebody's put the dollars into making this this thing hot, then we can follow those dollars, and you know you do the same thing. It's like, but well, I don't want to do the same thing. You know, right. I, I, I want to be who I am. Let's let's put the dollars into, you know, letting people know who what, the concept I'm coming from. Mm -hmm. 
So that, you know, that's totally a record company thing. That really is. And like you said, it goes back to what you just said. Um, I think they're trying to kill it. Yeah. <laughs> Which <laughs> is 100% the truth. Um, yeah, or, or they're trying I, to kill I, it for people that wanna, look like they us. They want to kill it so they can control it again. You know? That part. And and that that's where it all comes together. You know, they, mm. they, they try to... Because it's like, it's it's out there. It's just that the machinery of the record companies are so big. When you're in that, it's hard to miss. I mean, they're, they're constantly in your face. You get in your car, you're hearing the record. Yeah. You go into the store, you're hearing the record. Yeah. You come home, somebody in your house is playing the record. When when the, when that machinery stops, it it's very noticeable. It's like, whoa, whatever happened to that person? You know, within a year, you're you're forgotten. Mm-hmm. And if you're not doing something to, to keep yourself relevant, people will forget. So in that relevancy, as an independent artist, now, because, like, you can, you're the perfect person to speak to this. Mm-hmm. You're coming from the standpoint of being on major labels, doing major work, but now you work as an independent artist. How do you navigate through this? Like, I know people pay for these Spotify um, playlists to jump on those like that. But what is it that you have to do that separates yourself that much more? Is it the touring? What is it? Shows like this? You have to do everything. You have to come full full circle. It's like, I mean, with the, the record companies, they would do all the work. You would basically just show up yeah and um i was on a major label but i've always kind of came from the place of an independent artist Mm. because the deal that i had i wasn't directly signed to capital it was more of a a, like a production deal production deal yeah it was more like a production situation they used to call them glorified record production deals and um and what that meant is that when you get your contract, it's I used to call it sort of like I think I can contract <laughs> because you 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 got the contract, but in that you were allotted a certain amount of pressings. So with my deal, I was I had a certain amount of pressing, and then you got like a sort of a small budget. So everything had to come from that budget. You had to cut the record, do your promotion, and all that with the little bit of dollars. And then once you you finish that up, you know, it was like, okay, let me cut another record. So, it, but when it's done on the major, I mean, the sky's the limit. They 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 make it happen because they the dollars they that they promoted for it, they got to make it back because they're. They're spending big money to to make that machinery work. You know, this is all falling right hand in hand and where I want to go. So thank you for this. You're you're again, I told you, you're you're my god. Um <laughs> <laughs> in recording these records, uh-huh. I always noticed something that you really didn't get a strong push. Is it because they shipped so because see, we can talk industry stuff because I I know you you can talk it. Yeah. Did they ship low on your on your recordings? Yes. Yeah. Mm. I only I like I said the pressing was like it was like like a hundred thousand units 
Yikes. And it's like, then once, the, you know, normally after you blow out of that, because I would blow out of it. And then you have to go up and negotiate for more, more pressing. And then it's like they, they're saying, well, no, we're good. You know, you, you covered your quota and, you know, we're, we're good. Why don't you just go make another record? And it's like you had to constantly be proving yourself. So maybe on the next record, yeah, I, I got like 150,000, you know, to, to, to precedence. So that's how it went. You know, my biggest precedent was on the, the Lilo album. And uh, that was, you know, this I one. just took over that. And that one was the one that, yeah, that really kind of broke through. And this is the one, to be honest, anytime I ever seen this one, I always say in the wild or like I go in record stores. This is the one that it's never a promo. Every other record that I've ever gotten from you has mm -hmm. always been promos, even that I found. So it's right. like, how do the artists, how were you guys really, I know how we make money today, but it's right. like, how were you guys really making money back then? Was it just- You just get on the road. You get, you get, you get on that road. You get on the road. And it, it, you know, you, it was, it's like the chilling circuit almost. And, and you just, it was a grind. I mean, the, the, the biggest, I would say probably, you know, as far as making money and, and, and feeling comfortable as an artist was when I did the Eddie Murphy tour. Hmm. That, that tour really exposed me to a lot of, you know, different people. And, and they, they got to know me because his, his tour was like 80% like just white, you know. Yeah. And that was a whole other ball game. So that yeah, started because, taking me to another level. Wait a minute. Now, this is Eddie. This, is this party all the time, Eddie? Yeah. Eddie Murphy, yeah. Yeah. So you got Saturday Night Live. You got movies, t television. Mm -hmm. Wow. And you're open. Yeah, he was just coming this. out. He did the um, the Delirious tour. And um, first it was, who was opening up for him was the Busboys. And then the Busboys... Uh, decided that they were going to leave. I think they toured them for a little while. And then um, Eddie asked me to open up for him. So I was like, yeah, great, you know. <laughs> and um, we did like um, like like 64 cities, something like that. Wow. It was huge. We were playing places like the Madison Square Garden. You know, so that was that was a big tour. And that definitely opened you up to a lot of artists. But does at this point, does Hush or Capital even come in with more merchandise? Like, come on, like this man's on tour with Eddie Murphy. No, no, it was just I was just out there grinding, you know. That was it. That's that's all you do. You you, you go out there and you just, you know, get people to enjoy what you're doing. That's right. This yeah. game, man, it, it's it's it it has its ups and downs, and um. Absolutely. That's what this business is about. You know, yes. it's, it's, you got to look at it. So I've always come from an independent point of view. I mean, I was, I had records that was blowing up in London and I didn't even know. I'd never been over there. I didn't, I didn't know. I lucked up one day because I just said, okay, I want to do something different. I said, I want to just go to London. I don't care if I got to play in a small club or whatever. I just want to go there. Just, just for something different. Yeah. And, you know, I worked it out and I went over there and I played this place called the Hammersmith Odeon. And it, I guess it was the, the equivalent of uh, probably like the Apollo. Okay. You know, it's like their Apollo. 
or, or their radio city. And um, I was I was really nervous because I'd never been there before, but I, I had I was I was rehearsing my band up until the doors open because I just I was just kind of freaking out a little bit. And because I, I didn't know how these people were going to, to take me in or if anybody would even show up. Mm. And uh, we I did the show, we had a full house, and I actually they booked me another four nights behind that. So they said at that point, I could have filled Wimberley at least once. Wow. Yeah. And I, did, I just did it on a chance. I didn't even know that the record was, was even playing there. Are you, I, I, know, I know with social media, it helps, you know, kind of get a grasp, but we know social media is weird. Um, yeah. <laughs> everybody that likes or follows or whatever yeah. doesn't necessarily buy. Um, but are you aware that there is a uh, a subculture of people out here that really still bump your music like it's was made yesterday? No. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Like I'm trying to tell you, um, come out to LA, man. And mm -hmm. I say this to everybody I interview. Right. Um, next time you out here, I I will make sure I stay in touch because yeah. I want you I'm to come. see. I mean, if you you. Find, tell me about a place that you know that that you think that I could get into. I'll definitely work. Oh, it out I oh, to get out there. I, I have something in mind, and yes, mm -hmm. we will talk backstage. Yes, indeed. <laughs> oh, yes, indeed. I have something in mind. Hallelujah! <laughs> I yeah, had to bless him right there. I do do my own shows here. You know, actually, the show that you were talking about, where you saw. You know Jody Watley and, yeah. and, and the, the system. system. That was actually one of my shows, my productions. Wow, wow. So, was that in Philly or somewhere? Yeah, or it was in Philly. And yeah, everybody Philly. came to town that day because it, it's. I was there. I booked the place, and um, nobody was in town. I think, oh, this could be cool. Wow. By the time the show came, Stevie Wonder decided he wanted to come out. Wow. And uh, Usher came out to different, the, all these shows were going on. So we, we did well there, but I, we, I think we would have done a lot better, you know, had um, these guys not showed up on the same day. Wow. You know, one thing about you I've always loved is your vocal style. Um, and I know that led to you doing a lot of session work for a lot of good people. Mm -hmm. But you, I don't even. I don't want to touch on that right this second. Okay. Your vocals on your projects, because let me go back a little bit. Mm -hmm. I remember having to. I remember studying, studying, studying. I used to study Kashif, study Kashif. Kashif was the first one that I really wanted to interview. Um, right. I used to study him so much, study him, study him. But one thing I always notice is I know his tones, right. and I would listen to those background vocals. And although they were close, that wasn't his tone. And right. it wasn't until I started studying music and, you know, reading the credits and being such the nerd that I became. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. This Lilo is the same this Lilo. <laughs> and it really like, then, you know, I started looking at Paul Lawrence. And, and even during the Kashif interview, he, would, uh, he highlighted. He highlighted you and he highlighted Paul Lawrence for being um chief architects of his sound mm -hmm. and i never never forgot that right what is it about your voice that 
Is it the way that you record? Do you super stack your vocals? Talk to me about that because your voice, you do some different things with your voice that people really don't catch if you're not right. really like into that. Yeah, I, I think I'm, it's, it's, it's so intimate to me. I mean, I, I studied a lot on how I wanted my vocals to sound. And I, I just, like you said, there are different things. When, when I approach a vocal, I'm really trying to tap on every nuance of that, of that tone. I, I really like to, to mess with it and bend it around and yeah. add some breath to it. And, you know, like, like Freddie said that, I actually taught him how to go, you're a good girl. Yeah, he, yeah, uh, the way you, because Freddie did that a lot in his songs. Exactly. I exactly. know, just uh, uh, yeah, exactly. like that. <laughs> exactly. So he said that. Wow. Said, I got that from you. I said, yeah, I know you did. You know, wow. But, uh, just, it's, it's just a way how to hit the note a little differently to make it interesting, you know, and, 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 and I'm, I'm very much into how can I make this tone just sound really interesting and, and, how do I make it sound lush and 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 still get a really strong passion out of it? And that's important to me when I when I do my vocals. Um, was this all church? I mean, I know you ran track. You were a track star. I know yeah. that you could have went to the Olympics. We don't want you know. Yeah. I don't want you to have to revisit the same things in every interview. Um, right. But I know for a fact that you sound very theatrical. I know yeah. that's not all church. Were you in theater or because I'm I'm very interested. I still record vocals to this day. So right. and and we don't get a lot of people again. Vocalists aren't really vocalists like they used to be um, yeah. in some cases today. They're still great vocalists, but right. you guys are an anomaly to what we have today. Mm -hmm. Um what was more of your background? I know it was church. Was theater involved in that? No, no theater. It was no. basically just church and self talk. Having a concept on how how I'm hearing it in my head. You know, it's it's because like a lot of people will say, well, you're what when you do your how you do your vocals and and when I stack vocals, mm -hmm. I believe that each of those vocals should have their own little character to them. Mm -hmm. You know, so I won't I won't do them the same way when I'm stacking them. I'll I'll you know, I'll throw in, like, if this one's going like this, I'll throw in with the other one is following him, but he kind of goes around him a little bit. You mm. know? And just, and, and I try to create a blend within the blend. And, and, and I think that's where all that comes. Because, you know, when you're breathing into that microphone, yes. you, can, you, you have to be aware of where your, 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 your tone is and how, where your breath is. And a lot of engineers was like, how are you doing that? They said, when you hit the vocal, I put the needle at the same place every time. Wow. And they said, how are you, how are you doing that? I said, because I, I see it in my head. I see wow. how I'm hitting this vocal. I know right where I stand. If I, if I did a, a move when I you know, wanted to do that, that part, when I do the next one, I'll do that move, but then I'll do another one that does something else. And that all comes together in that stack so it's I, I just i love it. i'm just so interested on how to hit that microphone i mean it's 
I, I, I'm thinking of certain examples like I want to go to Hot Love. The way you came in, keep looking at me. The way you came in with that note, pop, pop, and then you came in with your, you know, you were singing. Baby, beauty, lovely scene, staring from a magazine. We got to hit the magazine. I need to know what's up with the magazine in a few minutes. Because I know I know that song. <laughs> I caught this song later on in life. <laughs> And a yeah, kid, it, as a it, kid, it was, it was tricky. It was tricky. As a kid, I thought something completely different. I thought they were talking about the girls in the series catalog. What did you think? I was a kid. I was a kid when this came up, man. Wait, I was what like, do you think I, third I was grade. talking about the Hulk from Marvel comic or something. I what? thought you were, yeah, yeah, you weren't talking about the She Hulk. I thought you were talking about the series catalog ladies because that's where I would see all of my. <laughs> Hot love. That was the hot love I had. That was my hot love. The series catalog, ladies. Oh my god. Oh my goodness. But now I actually got caught reading the porno magazine when I was a kid. Yeah. My my dad saw me and my friend. I don't know how he saw us, but we were reading Playboy, looking at Playboy, and just you know freaking out. We kids, and you know I was I was going to church like every day. Our house, the the um the apartment we lived in, it was like one of those railroad apartments, so you could. The bathroom was here. You walked down two steps. You walked into my father's church. Oh, wow. So um, I was in church, you know, after hanging with my friend. And my dad calls me to the front of the pulpit. And um, he says, um, Lito, what were you doing today? I'm like, I'm nothing, just hanging out. And the church is full. And he says, were you reading some kind of magazines or something? I was like, oh. And I got... <laughs> Totally busted. He told the whole church what I was the, the Playboy magazine that I was checking out. Open so review. I, I was just starting to shrink. You know. <laughs> Open rebuke is real, boys and girls. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness, man. Yeah. So hot love sort of um was was in that kind that story. The passion that I got. That when I was singing it, it, I was actually thinking of that moment when wow. my father sort of outed me with reading Playboy. It, it's two songs that you said some about a magazine. Um, from some magazine. Oh man. Well, um, it's gonna hit me in a second. Oh, uh, is it? Um, uh, oh, her love, her love. Her love. It's on her love. Yep. Because yeah. I knew it was all the flight. The fly joints, dun, dun, dun. yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I knew it had that kind of. That's yeah. it. I, I was like, so uh, you know, at first I was thinking, I said maybe his old lady was like of some magazine model or something. <laughs> I was like, but now, no, okay, now no, you know that moment with my father in the church. <laughs> I, I tell you, I, I need, I need therapy behind that. The magazines, it just freaks me out at this point. <laughs> that, hey, at least you still wrote about it and you made hits off yeah, of them. So you got to get it out. You, know? you got to get it out. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I get them out. <laughs> I get them out. <laughs> Tell me about because you you also you on on your projects you wrote and you sang on those things. Yeah. What was it like working with other writers like Lala? Um, Kashif. Oh, Lala. Was well, you didn't work. Kashif didn't work on your record, so I won't even say him. Um, you worked no, with Kashif him to do any of my records. A lot of people he think he did because they're hearing my vocals, not knowing it's me. And then when they hear me, they be like, oh, that's like Kashif. I'm like, 
No, but Keith didn't write this. A lot of people thought Kashif wrote Good Girl, and I have to tell them, no, that was Paul Lawrence Jones. You know what it was? It was the down. They thought they thought those downs that crescendo on them downs were something like something those Kashif records. Because mm-hmm. when I first heard um, Good Girl, I the first thing I said was Kashif, and my grandmother said, "Oh no," she <laughs> said, "This is Lilo," and I was like, "And then right. Your Soul Train came on around oh. that same time." And she oh, okay. said, that's who that guy was. Yeah, I, I met Kashif um, one day in Brooklyn. We were at this same event just checking something out. And I've always, I've heard of him because he was from Brooklyn. And um, I, he, we were in the hallway with these other guys just kind of singing doo-wop. You know, when you get in the hallway, yeah. you know, you want to sing some doo-wop. We were doing all that stuff and just acting <laughs> silly. Kashif came over and he was uh, with BT Express at this time still, but I think he was just getting ready to get out. Mm. And um, Afro we, were, came, we were singing and she says, hey, I, I like your voice. He says, um, you know, I'm Kashif. I'm like, oh, okay, I've, I've heard of you. He says, yeah, he says, I'm working on uh, Melba Moore's album. And it was the Peach, Peach Melba album. Was that Peach album. Melba? Peach Melba, yeah. yeah. Peach Melba album, yeah. And um, he says, um, why don't you come to the studio tomorrow and, and, you know, let's do some vocals. He says, have you ever worked in studio? I said, a little. I, 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 didn't, I really wasn't doing a lot of studio at that point. Mm. You know, not professionally. You know, I, mean, I, was, I was cutting my demos and stuff, but I, I wasn't in, like, the studio with it. And um, I went to the studio, and he, you know, he told me the part he wanted me to sing. And I, I brought, you know, that, my thing with it. And he's like, whoa. He says, that sounds really great. And we was doing that, um, you want it, you got it, take my love. You know, that, that, that stuff. And um, hmm. he, he, ever since then, he, he would get me to do his sessions. And sometimes he bought this new BMW one time. <laughs> and um, he was doing his, his album. And he's ringing my doorbell. I had this place over by Prospect Park and he said, Hey, you know, come down and see my 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 new BMW. He had this really nice, gray BMW, pretty. And he says, "You want to drive it?" I I couldn't drive at that point. He says, "You want to drive it?" I'm like, "No, I don't know how to drive." You know, I didn't start driving until later on in my life. And he said, well, "Get in. I'll show you show you how to do it." And I'm like, "I don't want to drive." I was terrified to get in that car. I thought <laughs> I was record or something like that. And he says, "No, no, get into it." So I got into it. We started driving. And he says, "Okay, make a turn here." Make turn, make turn here, make this. And he's telling me all the way, and, and we wound up at the studio. And he wanted me now to, to come up and do some vocals for him. I was like, is this why you came by my house? Like, you know, just teaching me how to drive to get to the studio? Right. Like, oh, come on, man. Let's just come around <laughs> and play around. And we just started, you know, doing music. And and I really got a chance to to get my vocals and hear it, you know, in a professional situation. So I, you know, I just hung out with him just to really learn, you know, what I wanted to do on vocals and stuff. Cause he was already, you know, doing it on a, on a much higher level. Hmm. Is this the training that really set forth a lot of your vocals? Because I, I've, I've heard many stories and even he told me that he was a bit of a taskmaster when he came in the studio about, recording and recording certain ways 
Mm-hmm. Um, would you attribute a lot of your um, your studio work to those sessions? Um, well, he he didn't really jump. I I heard that he was really rooted with a lot of people. Yeah. With, when it came to, but he didn't bother me with vocals. Okay. You know, lots of times I would come up with with ideas and. He'd be like, yeah, yeah, do do that, you know? Okay. Because the, the part on the, um, I just got to have you come turn me on. Yeah. All that. I was sitting on the stairs just singing that part. And we were working with um, Maury. And Maury came out and he says, did Kashif hear you do that? I said, no, I'm just kind of hearing the music and going with it. He says, go in and, and, and put that on. I and let Kashif hear it. I let Kashif hear it. Kashif said, go in the booth, you know, and we started laying it like that. He didn't really bother me much when it came to vocals. You know, I, 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 did, I was always working on just how I wanted to, to hear my vocals back. Because I always heard it in my head, but I didn't have a chance to really hear it in a, on a professional level. And that's when, you know, it all kind of came together for me. Well, your favorite vocals with uh, my favorite to hear your vocals on is Rumors. Um, oh, yeah. Those those subtle tones that you would come in with those of loves, like the way yeah. you would come in with so they were so, oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I he want, had some yeah. nice stuff. He was a great keyboard player. Yeah. Uh, I mean, hands down, Kashif was a master keyboard player. He would but do see, things like, whoa. That's yeah. what I'm trying to highlight here with you, though. I want people to understand because I know a lot of the audience that listens to me, um, they didn't grow up in this time to hear these songs on the radio. A lot of them. Um, a lot of them. I'm telling you, man, it is the weirdest thing for you to come out here to see children of all nationalities. I'll say that. Um, spinning the music and and like ingratiated in this culture it is the right it's the weirdest thing i've ever seen in my <laughs> life bro like it really is because it's like your auntie didn't your mama didn't yo but it's <laughs> they picked up on the vibrations of other people sharing it and and it's like i want that feeling people remember right. how you make them feel and mm-hmm. you're still responsible for um, a many a hug kiss Slow dance, dance. At the end, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. I, <laughs> I do this weekly. Um, uh-huh. And I see people just getting down to your music, man. Wow, so, that's really great. Yeah. I, I, I need you to understand. And I need people to know that the type of work that they put into these records, like we try to duplicate this stuff a lot today, but you're not putting in the same type of work that mm-hmm. they put into these records. And that's why the sound doesn't sound the same. I'm yeah. trying to help you. Yes, yeah, yes. and and that's why the you know what we were doing is still holding its own. Come on now. It was a it was a lot of work. You know, a lot of time. I mean, today things are right at your fingertips. People are just kind of you know pasting and cutting and pasting. I mean, back then, it would take you a whole day just to do the background vocals. You know, that would be a, like a whole day session because you know you had to cut the vocals. Then you would put them on these little reels, and then you had to fly them to the multi-track machine. You know, so as they were going, you had to like time it and pop it in. You know, where today it's like you can do it in in seconds. Yep. Loop it. Keep it moving. Okay. Yeah. yeah we got a good one. Let's loop that thing. 
I'm gonna use that again because <laughs> yeah, you that weren't hitting that right, but you can't really say that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I always laugh, man, because I I was the last era. I was the last era of the tape machines, and around that first generation of now we're using Pro Tools and we're starting to use other digital programs yeah. to bring into the big studios. So yeah. I came in right before. You know, splicing and cutting, you, you still had to really splice. Oh, um, yeah. And you really, I, I, I laugh and I tell people all the time, I've seen many a person get beat up, like, for missing the wrong. <laughs> you, exactly. Oh, I got it. <laughs> okay, let me hear it. Yeah. Yeah, it's right there on the floor. <laughs> like, what was that? Next thing you know is, uh, yeah, you don't. <laughs> so, you don't. You don't want that, but it's 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 beautiful to really get to you know as 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 my old uh, as my old teacher used to say, kibitz. I get to yeah. talk to you, you know, and just um kind of pick your brain. So thank you so much. I'm not really nerding out like I normally. I'm really coming. So I'm, <laughs> I'm calm today. But there's a song on your Lilo album that you spoke of, and um and I think I, I hit on it. Her love, her love to me. Is is one of your most is is a vocal masterpiece to me. Um, Thank from you. the music to just the way that you wrote that track. Can you talk about that session that you what what you remember of that session? Oh, her love was her love is. You know, when I told you I was really awkward with mm -hmm. talking to people, that's what her love feels to me. I feel that people that like her love. It, they're they, it's a, they're a little off a little, you know, because I I wrote that song from a place of. <laughs> I, <laughs> I've been told I, that a time or two, so I mean, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> so it's confirmed, right? Indeed. I mean, to to like to, that song just has such to me. Uh, it was I was just in a, a really strange place when I when I wrote that song. You know, it's it's it, it I I don't really know how to describe it because it was it was just coming out. I I laid those vocals in in the same day. I mean, I cut that song pretty much in like three days. The, wow. the whole song was done. I was I was I was a little angry. I was a little, you know, just taken back. You know, I was I was just I was a little frustrated, and I, I was mm. just pouring it out. In, on that song, you know, and it was about a, a you know a girl that I was seeing, and she was just, you know, just I, I was growing up, you know, and she just kind of took me through things that I never felt before. So I was what? just I was just unleashing it. That would probably be what connects me to that record because as many uh, relationships as I've been in, I I can clearly say that. That sounds like the story of my life right there, Mr. Thomas. So, <laughs> thank you for writing that song, guy. <laughs> exactly. That's what I, I try I try to keep it, you know, just real with things. Yes, then sir. I, I did a song um out there doing wrong, and there was a guy in um in Chicago. Hmm. And when I I came off the stage, he came over to me, he says, It's like you were in my head with that song. He said, I came out here just to hear you. You know, I sing that song out there doing wrong, mm. and 
he's, he, he was so emotionally touched by that song. We actually, you know, connected somewhere because he's like, wow. it's like you, it's like you hit it. And I'm like, wow, this guy must have went through something with his lady, you know, where he was cheating and she was cheating. And, Come on now. And he, he, that lesson was learned in that song, yeah. you know, and, <laughs> and yeah. I, that I do. I tried. I try to touch those moments. If you really listen to, you know, the way I write, I'm I'm writing from a, a real experience. You know, I, I I try to I try to, to 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 harness that emotion, and and just touch, you know, that that thing that's going on right now. Because I know we're all connected some kind of way. That's right. And and some of us can't figure it out, but I'm the one that I feel that. I'm gonna take the time and I'm gonna figure this out. And then I'm gonna I'm gonna share it. But you know, music that I think that is what bonds so many of us together. And I think yeah. that's what I've always connected with your voice and your music is the music was always real. That's why I asked yeah. you about the magazine, because yeah. like those are little things that people like again, mm-hmm. you would have to be somewhere else. It was it literally I was driving around um a couple of weeks ago preparing for this and and I said, you know what, I'm not gonna overdo this. And cause you know when it's someone you really want to talk to, you get excited. And mm-hmm. I said, I'm a I'm a bag back and I'm just gonna be so natural with this because the I know the music. I didn't mm-hmm. want to overstudy, I didn't want to over this, I didn't want to over that. And you just confirmed to me. Um I could always piece in your music the realness. Um, mm-hmm. It was just something real about you. Do you think that's you think you were too real for the industry? Yeah, and on record and in real life, you know, yeah. I'm I'm one of those kind of guys. You don't know what I'm gonna say, mm. and, and like I tell you, I'm very awkward when it comes to talking. But but I but I I also I, I I'm a thinker. I think really hard about things, and a lot of people don't know that about me. Because I'm I'm always looking pretty up, but mm. I'm up, but I'm constantly, you know, doing inventory on myself and what I'm saying and am I getting this across right? Because it, it's important for me for people to understand that I'm 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 very passionate about what I do, and and I see all kinds of things even if I don't say it, I I, I see it, and. And I think that's why people, you know, it's hard to take me sometimes because then once I confirm it with myself and I start to 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 talk to you about it, I I can nail a lot of stuff down, mm-hmm. you know. And and I just I keep it real, I keep it straight. My music, you know, it, it it's about storytelling, and I've taken time to to think about what I was saying and to think about how I'm going to sing it. And so all that's important to me. I literally feel like I'm speaking with myself right now. This is <laughs> the weirdest thing ever. Like most people who watch and know my interviews know, right. like I literally am so such an energy. But if you notice, I'm really kind of taking stuff in. I feel like I'm talking to myself right now. Like this is <laughs> wild. Like, wow, man, I'm here with my man. Hey, Lilo Thomas, make sure that you guys go to LiloThomas.com. I know doing my quick reset here um this artist really means a lot to me and i'm happy um that he took time out of his schedule to join me um because these are conversations that 
not only um, preserve the music, but it also lets the next generation of people know um, these songs that you're playing, there's something behind them. It's not just, you know, right. uh, some writer's camp and everybody just come together and just put it together. This is heart and soul that we're getting right now. Yeah. And um, that's why, you know, this music still resonates with people. Um, you worked with, a, again, um, another one of my favorites, Paul Lawrence. And yeah. one thing I always thought is I know that Capital had you and Freddie at the same time. And, and Paul Lawrence was working with you and Freddie at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I know you were an athlete which gave some level of competitiveness. Yeah. But I know Freddie sang background for you at one point. Yeah, he, Freddie was on the road with me. He, he was on the road with me you. Almost, yeah, yeah. When he you heard mm-hmm. some of those Freddie Jackson songs, did you not say to yourself, Paul, fam, you recorded with me. Why couldn't I get that? And I'm not, I know, because I know you're, you guys are cool. But yeah. Did you not think that sometimes? Oh, I, I, I didn't. If there was only one time I thought about it, is when, um, cause, cause actually Freddie wasn't gonna work with Paul at okay. first when he got his deal, and I, because they were going through something, I'm like, are you kidding me? He's like one of the hottest producers out here. I said, get with him. I said, I, and we were we were at Hush. I said, Paul, what are you doing right now? And Paul's like nothing. I said, Freddie, what are you up to? Nothing. I said, okay, Paul, let's go to your house and let's, let's listen to some of your demos and stuff. So we went there and um, we, Paul was playing us, you know, on cassette. He was playing just stuff that he had laying around. And the Rock Me demo came up. And I was like, oh, that's nice. Freddie was like, I don't, I don't know. I'm kind of feeling that. I'm like, what? what? I'm like, are you kidding me? I, and... He said, I, I don't know. I said, and I think the only reason why Freddie did the track, because I said, okay, well, if you don't want to do it, I'm going to do it. Mm. And then he said, no, I'll, I'll listen to it. And, and he kept it. But that's how all that really went down. Wow. He, was, you know, he, he, was, he wasn't into it at that time. I don't know what he, what he wanted to do, but, and I always enjoyed um, Paul's writing. Yeah. You know, I, I think Paul and I did, just putting us together, just so many interesting things happened, mm. you know, that, that we can't even really explain, yeah. you know, and we would, we would get into it in the studio, just like, no, no, it should do this, no, it should go like this, and then it, he got to the point where he would just let me do things, he said, but just, yeah. okay, just go ahead and do what you do, and, you know, we did Just My Imagination, I, I always liked The Temptations, <clears throat> and I always felt that if I, when I do records, I always want to bring something back, you know, yeah. I just feel that, it, you know, it's important for us to keep music alive, you know, what we listen to, you know, yeah. and keep, let's just keep it going. And um, I said, I want to do um, some Temptation stuff, and Paul's like, okay, I got a great arrangement, you know, for um, My Girl, and, we, and the next one we did, Just My Imagination. But Just My Imagination, we were on a deadline with the record company, and we already burnt through like two engineers, they were like wow. falling asleep, but we had to get the project done. So me and Paul just kept banging it out. And one engineer, he, he fell asleep, just kind of standing up, you know? And I'm in the booth, I'm cutting it. And I tell you half of just my imagination at the end, I don't even remember doing. Really? 
I just had my eyes closed. And the only time I would look up is when the, the track would stop. I would look up at Paul and Paul would have his head down on the board and he would go. <laughs> One more take. Yeah. And that was Paul's thing. Paul would, Paul was ruthless with one more. It's like, what is he looking for? It's like, and, and with me, I take it on as a challenge because it's like, all right, I'm going to do it like this. Yeah. I'm going to do it like this. And I'm like, what is he looking for? I mean, we would, he would just take one part and just, there was a, I'm t- there was a part on Good Girl. It's, it's still there. I hear it every time I hear Good Girl. It says, I said, got to be, spe- what was the part? Got to be special. There was like a, a t, and I didn't say the t. It's like God. I said God, got to be special. Oh, and he's and he wanted the t, and I we actually punched t, like probably about twenty times. He wanted to just wow. But but the way that I was you know phrasing it, it's like this is gonna be hard to do. But you know, and, and so you could hear t. <laughs> And what I was saying, because he liked the performance I did, he just wanted to hear t. So it's got to be special. Yeah, that's a lot of t t t t. Come on, fam. Come on, work with me. Yeah, yeah. He was brutal like that, but it's like it was great though because it was a learning experience, you know. And it's what he was hearing, and I could understand that. It's like it's it when you get a producer, and he you want to put. All of your trust into them because that's what you're there for. I, I didn't yeah. want to fight them on it or anything. I, this is music. Let's just get it right, you know. One of my favorite songs that you did with him was "Strung Out." Um, your vocals on "Strung Out." That's ooh, oh, ooh. "Strung Out" was hot. "Strung Out" was the one, and um, it's just that everything from the arrangement to the groove to your vocals is really. It was your vocals that really made me pay the most attention the message is very good yeah um but it was those vocals that i was hearing it's those tones yeah, again your tones yeah. are just there yeah you you, you hit the right yeah, thing oh that one that's the one right there <laughs> i'm not even gonna try to attempt to do it because i have not warmed up my voice boys and girls uh-huh, okay uh-huh. oh no no i'm not doing that no, I'm not doing it. I, I tried a couple times earlier, and I sound like Freddie the Frog. So, <laughs> you know, they wouldn't play that record on on, uh, on radio. Is it because of the drug message? Said, huh? Is it because of the message? Because I, it no, they thought we were saying something else. You know, we that part that says um, fellas call her loose Lucy. Yep, and um. They, they 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 didn't want it, they didn't want that record to play. Wow. Uh, yeah. And she's not a, she's not a sleaze. Yep. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Free bass, and they were afraid of that one. You know what they? There was actually I don't know if you heard the the um the verse the 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 one on free bass. I think they made Paul take it out. But I it have actually, it was all the versions where, of that song too. Yeah, it was the part where the the pipe cracked. Yep, and they didn't want it. They didn't want him to um to to play that because of the, it was a sound like the pipe cracked. It went, gong, 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 gong. yeah. I have all the versions of that song. 
That man ain't lying to you. Here's the uh -huh. album version right here. Uh-huh. She's not a sleeve featuring Lilo on here. And um, here's the strung out single that has all the different versions of it. Right. So that, that man ain't playing with the, you, man. He, I told you, I'm playing with y'all. You, you all up in there. Come on, somebody. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> we doing this today. We are yeah. doing this. I got you here. So, you know, I, I, like I said, I don't, I don't really, um, I don't, I don't get to speak to you. So this is fun to me. <laughs> you said that you, you and Paul kind of, you know, I, I can understand the head cracking. Pow, 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 pow. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, we get into it. Dodge Rams. I was ramming. Is that why you use so many different producers on, on the Lilo album? No, the Lilo album was the album. I finally took over my whole album budget. And okay. I, I really wanted to, um, you know, to, to, to just venture out into different things. Cause this was very different from those other, those previous two. Yeah, the other ones was all Paul, and now okay. I was just I'm just you know just venturing out you know. That okay. I had, I had a little more money to work with. Okay, that was my next. That was my next <laughs> thing. <laughs> and Paul got it. started getting really busy. Cause these two are very much Paul. The first the first two are very much, and that's why yeah. I always wondered. Like that third album, I, I was like, did they give him more creative freedom? Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That makes I, a lot I, more I, sense. I was totally trust trust Paul with everything, but I didn't start to get my budgets in where I was in control of them, and I got it on the All of You album. So that's where I was kind of putting everything, figuring it all out. So by the time yeah. the legal album came, you know, I, I, I pretty much got how I wanted to this album to be so that album was totally you know with me doing all this stuff and bringing in producers this is big in the uk too uh the never oh, give yeah. you up never yeah, give you up i is... was really pissed on there i wanted to crack the camera lens with that for real that okay oh, was, that would totally... make sense i'm gonna i was pissed were you pissed at him at this one too because <laughs> you look like you wasn't playing with that fella man it's like hold on fam. Like, yeah, I, I, was totally, that whole session, I was mad. I was, I was, I was ready to hit something. I'm coming from Brooklyn. I was ready to knock somebody down. Hey, like you look like a DeBarge right here. You were cheesing so hard. <laughs> <laughs> that man was cheesing like a DeBarge right there. I like, okay, all right, all right. I see what's happening. I got free. <laughs> man, Mr. Thomas, tell me what you. Well, no drinking. You released drinking during the pandemic. Um, oh yeah, that I was I was starting to you know get rolling again because yeah, home, stuck at home, and um I did drink in. We started you know getting a promotion ready for it, and then the pandemic caught us. But you know it it did its thing for what it, the time it was out there. Yeah, I think that was a weird time for all of us. Uh, mm -hmm. Just weird. It, it, it's still kind of weird now. I'm just happy yeah, that yeah yeah we're in we're in crazy times right now. Man, monkey pox and. All kind of things out yeah. here. I'm scared to leave home. I'm kind of the same way. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, mm -hmm. I've been doing some gigs here and lately, here and there lately, yeah. but not as much as what I normally would do. I kind of yeah. do a couple here in LA, and then like once a month, I got to travel just to get out. But I'm going yeah. to places like Idaho. Like mm -hmm. I went, I just literally was in Boise. Um, next month, I'll be in Grand Rapids. Like I'm going to smaller 
I'm going to the smaller right. places. I'm not really so trying you, to hit. You play, you're playing? So I'm actually DJing. Um, I'm a studio musician here oh, okay. um, and engineer. So, you mm-hmm. know, a lot of work for hire kind of situations um, right. out here. Um, I learned the hard way about that work for hire stuff. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you start working with people, and then the next thing you know, your song is on. It was like, wait a minute, I, I wait a minute, that's am I? Where my cra- oh, come on. So yeah, now you know, I if if, if it's work for hire, it's work for hire. If we're doing, yeah. um, if you know, but I still need my splits. Like you know, yeah. let's let's get our stuff together. I'm not just going to exactly. play something for you, and then it's just you know. So yeah, uh, yeah. That that's been the constant fight in the, the music. Come industry. on, man. Uh-huh. <laughs> I want to make sure because um your beautiful production your your team man they're they're on everything and um I want to thank them so much too for you know even um getting down with me I want to make mm-hmm. sure that I had everything because they sent me a message one of those dings that you heard was a team let me know hey make sure that you plug Mr. Thomas on TikTok so at yep. Lilo Thomas on TikTok. Mm-hmm. At Lilo Thomas on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. And you got to go to LiloThomas.com. TikTok See? official. Lilo Thomas official. See? See? That's why he's here, boys and girls. So, so make sure you go to Lilo Thomas official on TikTok. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to have all of those posted on the screen for those oh, watching um, this video. Um, man, we just, I'm, I'm, I'm very thankful. What is it? I'm thankful. I, you know, oh, I'm man, thankful. come on. I'm thankful Anytime. to have, a, you know, people like you that's, that's keeping this music alive and, you know, that's, that, that just keeps telling people what the music's about and, and just it, it keeps us alive. If you don't understand the, the, the work that you guys put in, how it's so appreciated. I, I appreciate it so much, what you do. I thank it's, you all for... of, it's all about that. I thank you. Um, because even when I spin, I spin as an extension of that music. Um, I don't just go up there and just play records, man. Like I, I'm into it. I feel it. Um, it's, it's a part of me because I didn't just, I didn't just embrace it a couple years ago. Like this is, this is what I grew up with. These records are just the same records that I've had when I was a youth, (laughs) a youth. So um, I've had time to to live with these records and and and, yeah. and think on them. And you guys, I, I say this to every artist that I interview. You guys, in my mind, you guys have bec- you know we have a kinship um, mm-hmm. because of the words that you guys have put down that even apply to me to this day. You know, I can break up with somebody and I can right. go to one of these songs. Um, right. I can be in love with somebody and I can think of her love and I can go to mm-hmm. these songs. You know. So, exactly. um, you know, I, I, I might not want a nasty girl, but I think I'm going to leave that one to you. I kind of oh, want the nasty girls. I, uh-huh, I kind of uh-huh. like them. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like them, Mr. Thomas. I ain't going to front to you, man. You know, I'm leave that to, you know, I know, hey, I know Prince and um, Rick James them was doing their thing back then. Oh, but, yeah. You know. That was that was where Good Girl came from. We was like, really? Oh yeah, then we was hearing that nasty girl. We like, yo, let's let's buck up against this. You know that what makes sense. That makes we, sense. We started, we started making it happen. Love me down. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> the only thing I caught from that down. Love me down. <laughs> you know, I had someone doing that crescendo uh, on a down the other day, and they just didn't understand why. 
I was like, uh-uh, you got to do it. You got to do it. Uh-huh. But there, there is some... Did you do all of those vocals yourself? All of those? Those were all yours? On which one? On Good Girl. Oh, on yeah, the, I did. Love no, that was down. actually... Um, we were saying um, that she's bad. bad. That was me. Yeah. Melba. Uh-huh. And Freddie. We, we, and to show you, Paul... We were saying she's bad. It wasn't feeling right to him. So we're actually saying she's bad mm. because it came across better. So that was that was me, Freddie, and Melba. But that I'm telling it was a it was a love me down that I caught the I heard it, yeah, but I didn't hear down. it. But it was the love, love me down. That one. That's me, love yeah. Me yeah, that, that was you. Love me down. Yeah, that one. Me. That one. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's those little subtle things that just they made those. Yeah. Now you people don't stack their vocals like that anymore, man. Mm-mm. It's just they're, yeah, they don't know how. They use they're computerizing it, you know, yeah. and that kind of takes it takes a little something out of it. I get it. It, it you know, you can use that at, at times, but I just prefer to just, you know. Bring bring the natural vocal to it, but even you know, my, in the slow jam project, you still brought that. It's still mm-hmm. that's what I'm saying. It's like even on computer, it still can be done. It's just yeah. we as a people have to stop being lazy, man. Exactly. Can, I, yeah. I record. I still re, I record on the computer like I record on a multi track machine. That's you what know? I still use it that way because that, that's what I'm I'm comfortable with. Do you still use any of your analog? Like, so I bought an analog board. It's right behind me. I bought mm-hmm. this board. It's Yamaha. Um, I bought this old Yamaha board. It's a rotary board. And uh-huh. I bought this strictly for um, if I'm using electronic drums, like which are probably sitting yeah. over here, um, drums or a bass to get a certain sound. I tried right. to put vocals through there, but no, sir. <laughs> they sound <laughs> high garbage. I was not doing that. But are you still um, using any type of analog equipment? Uh, yeah, I still have a lot of my, and I still have my um, my Lindrum. I Ooh. still have um, uh, the Ooh. um, I still have the OB8. For real? Yeah, I still have my OB8. I still have the the, the my rack stuff that I took out on tour. I have I have a lot of all my uh, different analogs and. I actually have the, the the remember the grand piano. Yep. That uh, it was a it was a, a Yamaha. Yep. It was a, it, was a, it was like electric grand. Yep. I still have that, so I bring that up every now and then when I'm you know doing stuff in in the room. You know, sometimes I like to still cut live. You know, I mess around with that. How does it still feel to connect with your audience? Because uh, every time I see you, first and foremost, you always sharp. You always gonna be fresh. Like mm-hmm. you see Lilo come out, he gonna be, uh, uh, he gonna have it. <laughs> might have his chest out. You know what I'm saying? But he gonna be fresh. <laughs> yeah, I didn't see you. I, I saw you a couple times. I just didn't have the chance to get close. It was a hot close. day that day. I, I'm it was, yes, it indeed. You had the chest out I just, one time. I, it up a little. I said, man, look at this dude up here. He ain't playing with y'all. He came in here. Hey, hey, hey. Got sometimes you got to show him what that R&B is about. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, indeed. Um, so I, I, how does it feel to still connect with, with, with audiences of all ages? Because now you're starting to see, you know, you, you had your group of people, but now you're starting to get younger and younger. How does yeah, that feel? Yeah, you're starting to see the youngers. I see them on Instagram and uh, TikTok. Like, yeah. Ooh, look like little kids, uh, you know, like it. I, it's, That's beautiful. It's, it's interesting. Music is a powerful thing. Yes, it is. And um, it, 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 if it touches your life a certain way, it's just something you'll never forget. Yeah. And that, and that's what I when I hit the stage, I try to bring it that way. It's like, and I and I'm and I, I want to just bring something even more special to, to yeah. just touch your soul. You know, my ultimate song is. What do you think my ultimate song would be? Your I, ultimate. I, think, I have a I have a Lilo song that I feel that is I could. I couldn't do anything better. And it almost made me leave this industry behind it. What, which song do you think that would be? I like your style. I don't know. It's not I like your style. Um, that's the first thing that came to my mind. Um, uh-huh. I love like your style. But I love that also. too. Which album is it on? The second. It's on your second. Now I'm going to cheat. <laughs> you pull it out of here. Oh, that's the first album. Hold on. Now I'm going to cheat. My Girl. Nope. It's not My Girl. Nope. And it's not Never Gonna Give You Up. Mm-mm. Your love's got... What is yep. it? Holding On. Really? Yeah. Holding, holding On is like... Tell I feel me. that That was the... To me, that, that was the ultimate Lilo song. Okay, I see there's a pin here. So I see what made this the ultimate Lilo song? I, I'm now I'm really interested. Um because that song just came from a place when I, I started growing up and I I just always felt I was here before. And and that song to me I think was it just came from another place. It mm. came from me growing up. It came from me just realizing what things I wanted in my life. And it, it just touched that emotion of, of me getting things. It, 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 I just felt that, you know, because I, I feel that we, we, li- we live in the waves. And for you to, to, to really become who you are, you have to learn enough about yourself to stick your head into those waves and and now you really start to see who you are and that song represents that for me it just it it just everything in my life came together with that song wow wow okay now you're going to have me revisiting because i'm playing it back in my head as you're saying it and as i even go back and even listen to this i'm going to be now I'm going to have a different mindset, a different ear as I yeah. listen. Yeah. That song, okay. it's just, you know, I'm just going to hold on. I'll hold on, you know, until it's right for me. You know, it's, it's, that time is right. So it's... Mr. That. Thomas, I'm thankful for you right now. Because, like, like, that, you just, you know, anytime... I'm here to learn when I do these. And mm-hmm. I also want to share that to the... I want the people to learn something. And... Man, you like anytime you learn something, and I think I just got really excited because now I want to go back in here. What mm-hmm. made this? 
you call this your ultimate song like wow yeah. wow yeah i i always felt it it should have been one of my singles people still embrace that song they connect they connect with it and it was like that for me and when they wouldn't make it a single i that that was one of the reasons why i i walked away from the business for a while mm. I, I just i couldn't understand it. it's like for me at that point where i was in my life and with what that song represented to me it was like i can't i can't express it any better than this every there, there won't be a song for me that will hit that peak the way holding on does to me so it's like if, if, you know it's like you, you you hit a guy with all you got and he just kind of shrugs it off it's like whoa yeah I might well <laughs> just let him I might just let him beat me up because I ain't got no more there's nothing I could do oh I can relate to that one <laughs> he said something about fighting I was like yeah I got it <laughs> <laughs> you've been there huh? <laughs> oh I got that one I said oh oh okay hey you made it you made it all make sense right there hey man all you gotta do is sock somebody oh, okay yeah, yeah, I know that. can we talk about this you know <laughs> Mr. But, Thomas when it's all said and done man what because I'm not putting that on you but what do you want people to remember Lilo Thomas that you know I, I, I was sensitive and compassionate and I just wanted to give you my truth yeah that's, that's it well, I'm thankful that you shared, you took the time to share that with me. I know I went over our time today and I sincerely apologize. Um, okay. I don't, yeah, I didn't, I didn't want to hold you. I looked up over at the clock and was like, whoa, wait a minute. I told her only like 30 minutes. So <laughs> I really appreciate your time. Um, hey, this has been great. I, I'm having a good time. That's the, that's the point of me. I, I really, I want to, I want to not only be informative, but I want the artists to have fun. And I also want them to know that they're loved. I know, um, you know, this is this is a space now that a lot of people have joined into. And, um, you know, I, I, I want it to be like when we come here, it's home. Um, yeah, you know, it feels that way. Yeah, you know? and that's that's really, that's what means more to me. It, it's, not, it's not anything else. This is as long as you're happy, I, I'm good, you know, yeah. and um, I'm thankful that, you know, uh, we had this time together. So thank you so much for your time. I am too. And thank you for what you do. It's, it's so you. appreciated. Thank you, sir. Take It Out on the Groove is a production of They Might Be Taping. For more podcasts and mixes from They Might Be Taping, go to Daryl.live. There you can find past shows and links to our Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud pages. Hey, don't forget to subscribe and rate our shows also. You can also connect with me on Instagram and Twitter at Just Daryl. That's J-U-S-T-D-A-R-Y-L-E. Or connect with They Might Be Taping on Instagram at TMBT, the number two, day. That's TMBT today. All right. Take it out on the groove.